Welcome back to Ranking Things with Levi. I am Levi. I gotta get a better intro than that, too. But this is one of the big ones. This is The Office. Great TV show, The Office, and Colton Walker and I agreed to do this list as soon as I started the show, and I've been looking forward to finally getting to it. Such a great TV show, and I'm so thankful we got Colton on to talk about it. We break the show up into two lists, um, which you'll hear about. One is minor characters, so we excluded um, Pam and Jim, Michael and Dwight, and ranked uh, the other characters. And also we did romantic uh, or romantic and non-romantic relationships. So we misunderstood that in our communication. So mine includes romantic relationships, and uh, Colton is all Colton's list is all plutonic relationships, but still very enjoyable. I think we hit on a lot of the big themes. I don't want to steal too much from our introduction, but this show was a blast. So I'm looking forward to you hearing it. Another major announcement is after this episode and some of the other ones coming up, I want to post a, I'm calling it a voicemails episode where you, my friends and listeners, uh, record a quick hot take because this episode, you know, this show is all about hot takes. Um, on the list that I've done, send it to me, and I'm going to put them together with my own kind of commentary um, in the voicemails episode. So the model of ranking things means that you're supposed to disagree. That's the whole thing about lists is, it's, you know, it's a conversation. And uh, we will, I want to hear about it. So get in touch with me, and we can work out how you're going to send me your voicemail or your feedback on the episode. So if you've got a character we didn't include or you disagree with how high... Uh, you know, I rank somebody or whatever, um, you're going to send me a voicemail and I'm going to put it together. And actually, technically, an actual voicemail is a pretty good way. You can get a voicemail easily off your phone. I could put it on the show. So maybe in a week or so, I'll post the voicemails episode for The Office. I'm really excited about the next few episodes that we have lined up as well. Thank you so much for listening and let me know what you want to rank. For now, here is The Office with Colton Walker. Today on the show we have my friend Colton Walker. Uh, Colton, really excited to have you on. We've been we've been working on uh, doing this, uh, ranking the office. I'd say as far as a resume, my favorite one of my favorite parts about our friendship is we're part of a group text. You know, which is group text. I think have kind of group text. I think have kind of taken on a life of their own these days. And like, you know, it's like it's a different level of friendship. You know, every good joke I get, I have to yeah. pass on to you. You know, so it welcome. sure is. I- Thank you very much. It's uh, good to be here. So we're going to be doing The Office. Um, we found, as soon as I had the idea for the show, I wanted to, the, the the podcast, I mean, I wanted to kind of tackle The Office, and I know you are a huge fan, as, as many of us are. Um, yes. What the, we're, we're, we're about the same age, so so that's, that's what we were talking about kind of before we started the show, how there's, to me... This was a. I feel like one of this, us is in his thirties. I can't remember. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, so I'm 31, nearing 45, and you're a couple of years behind me. Um, but this was the last, like, or one of the last shows I ever watched episodically, like, like weekly. I would wait for it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And um, and just found that to be, and then but then found it again really through Netflix, which I think many many people have, kind of our generation or my generation on down, uh, which I think has been interesting because it's, because it's, it, it had, it had kind of two lives. Yeah. And even a third life, which I think 
maybe this was only my family, um, but this was kind of when iTunes, at least to me, it feels like when iTunes was sort of taking off, and so they had their like video, <coughs> excuse me, video like subscription services. Okay. So we had it on like automatic purchase and download. So no matter what the episode was, it like as soon as it aired, it also downloaded to our like family iTunes account, and so we immediately oh. owned every episode for the first probably four seasons, I would guess. We had just subscribed to it on iTunes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it, uh, so that was its own second life before it even was on its Netflix life for me. So, so you could go back. You were original air date, and then you could go back two, three, four years after before Netflix picks it up. Which I don't right. know when that is. I guess I could look it up really quick when the when the office came on Netflix. I would guess two, three years ago. Um, but yeah, for me it was uh, it was a show for my brother and I. So it, it, to, to for the, for everybody, the history of the office is that it first debuts in 2005, kind of peaks in 2008. 2009, and then there's the kind of the strange seasons after Michael Scott leaves, which are still have some value, but obviously not as good. Um, and uh, and so this was a, this was my brother and I's show because for we both went to school and lived at home, and so we're you know 17, 18, 19, 20 in mm-hmm. uh, in uh, what's that right in the peak, right? So it was uh, 2006, yeah. 7, 8, 9. So yeah, it was a it was something we we would watch together, um, which you kind of have to. It would, that's not a, not a whole other comment, but comedy shows are not that fun alone, you know. Like if you're if you're ever yeah, gonna that's true. watch a show, you know, it's way that's better true. when you watch it with someone else. You know, you could watch a documentary or a drama alone. Um, but yeah, definitely experienced this the first time with him. Um, yeah, I'm and, not sure and, if it's true or not, but it feels to me like the only show that my family like sat down and watched together every week that I can uh, remember. Like I had shows, like my dad and I would watch 24, which is funny. Um, and then watch, I don't know, like Jacob and I watched Breaking Bad, I think. Um, but all four of us would get together every week and, and watch The Office. Right. My family had an epic run with ER, so we already had kind of, <laughs> we had kind of a set schedule for NBC, which which transitioned to which, yeah, which transitioned to the office. Um, but the office was just my was really just my brother and I. I think it was a comedy that didn't uh, didn't really initially click with my parents. But uh, yeah, but such a good show. And like I said, the, the the more interesting thing is it comes on Netflix, and then now there's a generation behind us that can connect with it, and then many other people who missed it can binge it because I think it's a, it binges incredibly yeah. well. Like it Netflixes really well. Like the, yeah, absolutely. Half, the, the half hour comedy, um, you know, you can watch three or six or whatever, like pretty easily, uh, mm-hmm. which, uh, which is good. And then that allows you to go back and replay the, the you know, the better parts. And so, yeah. yeah and have, usually, have, you know, with the occasional slump episodes, there's like, when that is your dose for the week, that's tough. But when it's just part of the two hours that you're, yes. that you're watching, it's it's not so bad. Yeah, yeah. I find that with that show, you, uh, I would always get tricked by wanting to watch the open. You know, like, like I'd be mm-hmm. like, all right, I'm gonna watch, I'm gonna watch the next one, but yeah. and actually, I'm just gonna watch the open, and then I'll quit at the song. But then it's like you don't, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> or like, you or you start do doing that. something. 
you start doing something else and there's only six minutes left and I would just wait for the next open. Um, that was one of the things we could have ranked was top five, uh, like, off yeah, the they have, that would have been pretty good. Yeah. Some of the cold opens are just awesome. One of the, <laughs> one of the best parts of the show for me. I would say it, it, it's worth the YouTube. There's a, there's a YouTube compilation where you can watch every one um, in a row, which is good. It's, it's, that's a, or that's something that's worth doing once at least. Um, so we decided yeah. to rank. We're going to do two lists. So we've broken this down um, by minor characters, so top five minor characters. Uh, we are excluding, that means by our definition that we made up, we're excluding um, Michael, Dwight, Pam, and Jim, and ranking the rest of the characters. Um, and then the second list we wanted to do, and this is, I think this is your idea, I loved it though, uh, top five relationships, that can be friendships or romantic relationships, that are not Pam and Jim. So Pam and Jim are also excluded. <laughs> That's funny. That's not how I sort of define my list. I just oh. took all, all platonic relationships, so I just eliminated all... Uh, romantic relationship. Oh, you. Oh, but okay. I'm sure well, be. yeah, we can hold. But I have like two and a half romantic relationships in mine. So that's fine, though. Yeah, that's that's, that's fine because I think as long as eliminating Pam and Jim, I think still makes it pretty interesting. Before we get into it, let's talk about Pam and Jim. Um, mm-hmm. Is this the greatest television romance of all time? It has to be. <laughs> I'll tell you right now, it has to be. Uh, I don't see. Okay, I don't know. The, the the only thing that I'll say against it is that it didn't take anyone by surprise, I guess, which like is fine. But for romantic, really, like, I guess I just want to say, you know, it's going to happen all of the time before it happens, and then even when they're sort of putting them on the rocks, you know it's going to be fine. So, like, to me, there is no suspense in the relationship other than just when. Right. Um, but, I mean, it's it's a fantastic relationship. There's nothing nothing else that I can say against it. Yeah, I think I think there's the – I think the, the, sec, like the third season is the best, and – Part of that is the, is finally getting the payoff, right? I think they do a really good job right. of, of the uh, of the delay of it, um, mm-hmm. and uh, and they, they write that beautifully. But yeah, you're right. There, I guess there is no mystery about it. Um, but then, but then, yeah, most of the show is after that. Like most of the show is them together, right, right. as allies. Mm-hmm. And then there's obviously, I think, like some of that um, season five, season six stuff of them having the baby and kind of dealing with. Uh, careers and stuff like that is actually compelling drama, but um, but yeah, such a but yeah, like I mean, the greatest wedding, you know, like we're, we're just yeah. so attached. So we obviously had to exclude them. I'm saying like it's a whole other right. to me because it's like an all timer conversation. Like you're putting them against right. other TV sure. shows. That would that would be a safer debate. Yeah, um, obviously yeah. than comparing them to other relationships in the office. Um, yeah. I'm watching Cheers. I, t- I was telling you that before, which has kind of been interesting because mm-hmm. it's the same. It's also on Netflix. Um, it's kind of like a forefather in a way, I guess, of just like, you know, as in like a serialized 30-minute sitcom. Um, right. But there's this, there's a similar relationship because in the first season, uh, Sam and Diane are obviously into each other, 
but by the end of the second season, they've broken up, and then I'm not, I'm not there yet, but I guess by the end of the fourth season, she's actually left the show, um, which is just a very different experience, but it, it has that same kind of obviousness. Right. But I think the, the beauty of The Office is that it was delayed. Like, it wasn't a payoff in the first season. It was delayed through until uh, the end of the second season. But, end of the third. Yeah. End of the third, right. So, anyway, so we've excluded them. Go ahead. Well, I guess, yeah, I was just thinking, end of the second, they have their first kiss, but then you're immediately heartbroken because you find out that she still intends to marry Roy, which is just right. so strange that they yeah. that, that happens. No, yeah. But the payoff yeah. at the end of the third season when he comes back and asks her to dinner is just tops. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was good. Um, so... So yeah, we're excluding them because it's just too good, basically. So we get into yeah. uh, we get into uh, top five minor characters. Um, why well, don't? So my number five is Clark Green. Um, mm. So I know that uh, <laughs> I'll probably upset some people here because he did come in uh, just for season nine, um, but just everything. The thing about Clark is funny. Like he's funny to look at. Like every line he delivers is funny. <laughs> he's um, funny to look at. His physical comedy is good. This is yeah, a hot like, take. Yeah. I mean, for for people who yeah. aren't office nerds, this is a hot right. take. They might not even know who Clark is. I think. Right. Some people yeah, might. Not. Some might have to Google. But I think, yeah. and, and I think we've talked about this before. We talked about it before we started. But I'm, I, I also will support the, the seasons after Michael. They're much more yeah. hit or miss, but there's some great mm-hmm. characters. So yeah, fine. So including yeah. Clark. So like, Good. just a couple of highlights to support me here. Uh, okay. Every with his uh, his comedy pairing with Dwight. Um, yeah. You can think about him on the suit warehouse sales call mm-hmm. um dwight like trying to adopt him for a little while uh his uh when he becomes jan's like new plaything instead yeah. of hunter yes. like all <laughs> just like such a good sequence and what's the what's the straight man uh, what's clark's partner that dates aaron for pete. a second thing pete also good yeah. what's that guy done i wonder since since the office um i don't know yeah, he's like matter. yeah, he's uh yeah, like their the storyline of uh Clark trying to go with Aaron by like creating the whole newscaster ruse. Yeah. Um and Pete just kind of being the, the counterpart to that is so mm. good. Mm. Uh my number five is Phyllis. Um I love well. Phyllis. I love the uh I love the small town royalty feeling <laughs> of Phyllis and that she yeah. like you know, you get she's in that circle of character development where you do get some of her backstory. Obviously, we meet her uh, her husband um, and uh, uh, you know Bob Vance and just her judgyness. Um, the, you know, the fact that she's known Michael forever, like has has yeah. just been putting up with this garbage for her whole life. Um, yeah, her her alliance, like just that whole. Uh, that table, you know, that she shares, that shared desk um, mm-hmm. with Stanley and the different cast of characters that are that are next to them, you know, us- mm. usually mostly Andy. But um, yeah, love it, 
so I'm, I'm a big yeah. fan of Phyllis. I think she's I think she's very funny. I love that idea of like small town royalty because you sort of get the imp- like you know she obviously thinks very highly of herself like she yeah. loves like going to bars and tra- having guys like try and pick her up and then Bob beats mm-hmm. them up. Um, and then you find out from Michael that like in high school she was a cutie, so she like has always retained this identity as kind of hot mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Um, and that really yeah. comes through for sure. <laughs> Just that she has that she has more value because of, because she's with Bob Vance. You know, it's yeah, so funny. Yeah, also, absolutely. just kind of, also kind of a life goal of mine. You know, to be that character when they're older. But, um, but then, uh, uh, also, obviously, the the party planning, you know, committee subplots oh, versus, yeah. versus Angela oh, so good. are so good. So, I'm here. I'm here for Phyllis's drama, and uh, <laughs> so yeah, Phyllis is my number five. Uh, and then, oh, the. One of my iconic all-time scenes is the group picture. I don't know when it is. <laughs> yeah, uh, the jumping. <laughs> the jumping. And Phyllis, Phyllis yeah. and Michael lose his mind because they're trying to do a jumping mm-hmm. picture. Man, when is that? Because uh, anyway, so yeah, that that's worth the, the YouTube. Um, Phyllis not jumping and just yeah, it's it's perfect. Yeah, that is when they do their security pictures. Is that right? Because Michael pays the guy like twenty bucks for every shot. Is that the same scene? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm googling it right now. It'll be another twenty. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, no, that's a different one, actually. No, it's it's a, it's one of the holiday episodes. It's a because ha- right. that's why I watch Classy Christmas, season Classy seven. Christmas. Yeah, yes. um, yeah. It's the op- it's the cold open to to Classy Christmas, which. Right. I did that. I think it was two Christmases ago. I watched all the Christmas episodes, and it was that was why. It's oh, that's a great. We do that on like on Christmas. We go through and watch all the Christmas episodes. So yeah, it's great fun. It calls back to the Netflix ability of the show. Just how yeah. you can yeah. you can pick and choose um, uh, as needed for the occasion. That's right. <laughs> what's your What's your number four? Uh, number four is Andy Bernard. Mm. Um, one thing I really like about Andy is that sometimes I like hate watching Andy on screen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, he's one of the few characters, maybe the, like the only character for me who I like really don't like and then really love sometimes. Mm. Um, pretty much like from season one to nine, most of the characters you kind of get there, you know, you, you know how you feel about them almost from, yeah, from yeah. the beginning that's to the end. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, but he has a great roller coaster. He has an awesome backstory, like all of the the drama with really his fleshed, family. Yeah. Um, yeah, the fact that he was out. born Walter Jr. and then was taken, like that name was taken from him because his younger brother <laughs> like lived up to being Walter Jr. and they changed his name to Andrew. <laughs> it's just like the most tragic possible uh, yeah. like, family background story like that just gets me every time um just uh his enthusiasm for life uh his musical ability he's just he's fun to watch yeah um i think the bleeding nipples uh is oh man iconic so what episode is fun it's called fun run that's season four Um, episode one and two oh my gosh the two-parter yeah so it like that is i would say that's where someone should start like you've never seen the office before you could start yeah. there, and then you will be hooked. And it's you know it's kind of one of the peak times of the show. And oh man, that that scene is so yeah. and and just so so an essence of Andy, just how earnest and how 
but oh, just yeah. how what's the word? Not hard luck, but just uh like he's just cursed, basically. You know, like yeah. uh, <laughs> he tries the whole time trying to draft behind Kevin it's like <laughs> It's his nipples and still ends up like bloody uh, and disgusting. Oh, it's it's it's, it's an iconic, <laughs> it's an iconic scene. Um, but yeah, yeah. The, the music also you touched on that. That's that's mm-hmm. a, a great a great YouTube is you can watch every song that's performed at on The Office and it's like a compilation. Oh, cool. And because Andy and um, Daryl are both oh, man. killer. Yeah. Killer musicians yeah. and, and and Kevin mm-hmm. too. So I think it's it's fun to yeah. any time that they mix that and up. Creed. Uh, and <laughs> so it's a beautiful grassroots man. Yeah, it's a beautiful. Uh, um, yeah, that, that's a that's a great part of the show. And yeah, so this one of the beauty, one of the amazing parts of the office is just how so many of these actors had like this. They went on to much bigger careers, of which yeah. I don't know. I don't know if Andy has peaked. I don't think so. I don't think if the office Has was peak. Peak, what was the office his peak would be an interesting oh. question career wise, probably. But I don't know. He made it. He's made a ton since then. Have you ever seen the Mumford and Sons yeah. video, um, "Hopeless Wanderer"? You should really oh. look up if, if okay. you want to. YouTube yeah. Mumford and Sons "Hopeless Wanderer." They have a music video for it, and it's uh-huh. uh, and it's Andy the whole time performing that song. Um, not, what's his real name? Ed Helms. Ed Helms. Uh, Ed Helms. Yeah. It, it, it performs. Uh, he does all form, like all four parts. Yes. Yeah. It's him and someone else. I forget, but yeah, it's it's fantastic. So, it, it's him acting like Mumford and Sons. It's wonderful. Oh, that's awesome. Um, I've got yeah. to load it up for after. <laughs> uh, my number four is Toby. Um, <laughs> I think Toby is very funny. I think all, I, but mostly it's because the foil to Michael is a joke. I could go to that well every day and be satisfied. Like it's yeah. so funny to yeah. me how much Michael hates Toby. Um, I love the drama of his just long pursuit of Pam and oh, and, just, and just eventual failure. Um, I love when I love when he's on the jury for the Scranton Strangler. Um, yeah, I love when he takes a leave. Of absence, you know, it's just all you know. He mm-hmm. figures he's an author. Uh, he to me his, very funny. His relationship with Nellie in mm. season eight, I think it is, is so good. Like when he, like for whatever, like I, I still can't even understand it. But when she dresses up as him for Halloween, mm. sexy Toby, and he just like. <laughs> loses his mind like he's immediately just like head over heels for her. It's just like the strangest, most beautiful piece of comedy. How like, yeah, that would be that. interesting. How uh, I wonder what it says about Toby's psyche that he uh, wants to be romantically involved with himself. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Toby's Toby's my number four. What's your number three? Uh number three you mentioned him when we were talking about Andy is Daryl. Um mm. Those two are just a strong, strong duo uh, in general. Um, but he's one of the few characters who runs all the way through the show. Is just uh-huh. awesome the whole time. Um, great straight man. Um, his he's like one of the only people who like intimidates Michael. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there, there's actually my no, there's actually my number three too. Um, oh, great. I think he. I think like you're the straight man factor. That he, that only him and Jim 
are smarter than the show, like realize what's going on. It feels like the whole time. Yeah, yeah, they're like living um, outside of it a little bit, which is a special bond that they have too. You know, like they're always allies usually, and uh, but yeah, so so funny. Um, yeah, just the doing a doing. He's the voice I think of the the viewer a lot. Like like mm-hmm. when he's just explaining to Michael how yeah. ridiculous the situation is. You know. Yeah. And he's so good with Michael too. Like he's mm. he's happy to like mock him, you know, when the situation calls for it. But he also, you know, he's he's got such a good heart. Like he drives him to New Hampshire. He helps him get the raise. Um, like when it counts, he's he's there. Mm. But he's yeah. also just like you know, he doesn't put up with his nonsense either. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Huge fan of Daryl. Also, yeah, we, we already mentioned his his musical abilities. Um, yeah. Yeah, and just like 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 many of the characters, just uh, ready. Like if there's a party, you know, he's he's not gonna mm-hmm. skip out on it. You know, he's not like too good for anybody either. I guess that's the difference. Yeah. Of why, what he, I like about he, that. Well, he tries to he tries to have the Irish exit at the end, and then yeah. has like the one final dance party with everybody. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I said my number three is also Daryl. What's your number two? Uh, number two is Angela. Mm. Um, she, I just like, she's just incredible. Um, so, so funny to watch, um, her like complete lack of self-awareness. Like she comes Mm -hmm. across as like very smart, very capable. Um, but like just no ability for self-reflection. Like she has this ridiculous, not ridiculous, but, uh, a very high moral code, um, yeah. But she just like, and her attitude toward it is ridiculous. Like yeah. she just, uh, it's completely dismissed when it comes to herself. But she has no yeah. problem like calling Pam <laughs> the office mattress. Um, just like that's a, a really good description. Of Angela, that yeah, she applies that. She applies it only. She applies those morals only to other people. That's that's hilarious. Right. I never I never heard it distilled like that. Yeah, it's so funny. The, the power struggle with Phyllis is so good. Like mm-hmm. she just abuses everyone around her. And has this incredible weakness for Dwight, which is just awesome too. Yeah, and we'll talk more about this in the rest of my list, but and in the relationships. Yeah. But the accountant corner, just oh man, the, what the, a good an- trio! Yeah, <laughs> the the, uh, the um yeah the Angela the Angela Kevin Oscar corner is just unreal. Yeah, um and yeah they yeah, very, they crushed it with with those three. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll mention. I'll, I'm going to hold thoughts on Angela for for the relationships. Um, the sure. relationship list. My number two is Creed. Uh, just because I love char- I love characters in movies and TV that only throw a hundred miles an hour, which is a baseball analogy. Like all they do is just is just go go hard, and that's Creed. Like yeah. I love yeah. imagining. Creed getting scripts for that week, <laughs> like yeah. like oh, all I have to do is say that I grow beans in my in my in my uh, mm-hmm. uh, in my drawers, you know, or yeah. or whatever that I'm not wearing underwear today, or what? Like, there's like you a million. Have ever seen a foot with four toes? <laughs> <laughs> we should actually just do a podcast of just his quote. Uh, yeah. But he um uh. And, and, yeah, and, and we'd get no inf- other information basically about his life. You don't know where he, 
mm-hmm. like where he came from, where he lives. Um, it's it's well, it's yeah. Go ahead. Go you go that, Just, go for it. Like to that point, like well, the only information we get about him that like you sort of think is a possibility and then it just sort of unravels as absolutely true is that he's like absolutely a criminal. Yeah. (laughs) Like he, uh, you know, there's the one Halloween where he comes in covered in blood and like doesn't even know it's (laughs) Halloween. (laughs) And so like, you just kind of laugh that off. And then like he's, you see him selling the office supplies, creating fake IDs, and then by the end of the show, he's he's getting arrested. Like the last scene with him is <laughs> him getting taken away by the police. It's just like it's such a perfect ending. Yeah, that like, is really? like, this, this whole time he was like, we know that he has a fake identity because like the last person to like, I forget what he says, but he talks about like the real Creed Bratton and how like basically he disappeared to him and became <laughs> Creed Bratton. <laughs> He's, he's legit a criminal. Um, I think uh, do you need a worm guy is my favorite. So oh man, <laughs> you pay too much for worms. I need a worm guy. Yeah, yeah, what's he doing? Like what? What are his out? Yeah, I guess you're, you, what are his outside of work activities? You know, like it's so yeah. But yeah, I and just that, love yeah. Yeah, that writing is just perfect too. Like, what a testament to the to the writers. Like, there's no funnier way to put that. You're paying way too much for worms. <laughs> um, I think, yeah, he, he gets he gets he gets three stunning lines every time. Uh, mm-hmm. He um and uh, uh and we and you don't need to know more. You, you just, yeah, like it's it's like Meredith. You know, Meredith is also, I guess, in that vein. We're just not oh, explained. Yeah. There's some characters where you get that you get the build out, um, and you get emotionally invested, and then some that you don't. The other thing about Creed, and really all the characters in the office, is like I think about Phyllis again with this comment. But mm-hmm. you, we know this person, like you know of them in your right. life. Like Absolutely. there's some, there is there is someone at your office or at your church or whatever where you're like, mm-hmm. you know, what is all going on with that, with that character? <laughs> yeah. And I think just yeah. that. That truth and that relationship is so interesting. That in that character is so stunning. So yeah, yeah. Creed's my number two. What is yeah. your number one? All right, number one, I think, will definitely be a hot take for some people. Uh, Gabe Susan Lewis. Wow. Number one. Yeah. Wow. Uh, comes in in the clutch, uh, season seven, I believe, when we're transitioning Michael out. Uh, handing over some of the reins to Saber. Um, and Gabe just knocks his role out of the park. Um, I don't know how many of your listeners will have watched Zach Woods in Silicon Valley, but they, it's a very similar character, but just like this okay. uh, corporate kid who all he sort of knows is like how to answer to the higher ups. Um, but his character, like every piece of his character is so good. Uh, mm-hmm. When we go to his apartment for the viewing party of uh, Glee and like just his like fascination with uh, like all Asian cultures, um, the like his art is like the soundscapes and the horror films. <laughs> Like about that. Just, yes, that hit me when you said that. Just, he thinks he's like this ridiculously accomplished romantic, 
Um, but like all we see of that is uh, his relationship with Aaron and his relationship with Val, where they're just like repulsed by him. Yeah. Um, I don't know. He, oh man, he's just, he's so freaking funny. He was Lady Gaga for Halloween. Uh, yeah, just the, the yeah. so much, there's so much overtly, awkwardly yeah. sexual about him that is so oh, yeah. funny. Oh yeah, awkwardly sexual. Like when he comes back for Aaron in season nine, uh-huh. and like he, we find out that he like has shaved his whole body for her, <laughs> that he got a Nike tattoo for her, <laughs> and that like when they broke up, he lost fifty pounds. Like Nellie calling him an ugly skeleton is just like so perfect. It's just like. <laughs> This weird, uh, I don't know. I just love every everything about his character. It's just yeah, so funny to that me. is that is a good one. That is a good one. Um, yeah, uh, you need an enemy. Um, I guess, and yeah, he he does bring a new balance to the to the show with Jim yeah. with, uh, with uh, Michael out. Um, yeah, very very fun. I guess I yeah I didn't even I didn't even consider him for the list, but he is. Uh, so critical. Um, yeah, they they had to bring in some heavy hitters when Michael was transitioning out, and right. I think that he was a big part of of keeping the show fresh. Like, mm. uh, yeah. So my number one is Kevin. Um, I lo- <laughs> I think I love Kevin. I like like uh, so oh, many man. great so many great scenes. Um, I love the Kevin Oscar relationship. We'll talk we'll talk more about that. He uh, yeah. Uh, he's just, you know, again, the like the everyman, I guess. Um, I love spilling, you know, Kevin's famous chili. Um, <laughs> for, some, for some reason, when he, the episode when Pam is uh, nursing and he fakes crying <laughs> to get oh her. Oh my goodness! <laughs> it's, it's, so, it's so cringy. It's so <laughs> oh my gosh, it's so funny. Oh my oh, god. Uh, yeah, Kevin uh Kevin to me is is the best. Uh his I don't know what you call them. like the face ups or when when they're just taking the individual uh the faces to the camera, uh, you know, in the in the mockumentary, the talking heads part. He um his are the best. Like he is number one on that and I love the <laughs> love, love the lines they wrote for that. So that like maybe his strength in that alone is what carries him to me to number one. But um uh, the scene when he's using uses as few words as possible, whatever that episode was, um, and yeah, his his clapbacks sometimes, like the effectiveness and ineffectiveness of his of his responses is just very very funny. So Kevin, Kevin is my number um, one. So I I totally disagree with you. <laughs> I like I, I, those, some of the scenes you mentioned are great, but I just I find him too caricatured okay. uh, like some of the things he does are just like too stupid yeah um, but I'll tell you like when I think when I want to love Kevin the fan theory that I will go back to is that Kevin is a genius okay so there are some supporting uh, supporting ideas for this well go for um, it I think, I think this is a perfect time to, to share that go okay um, so uh, one of the first clues is in season three when uh, the offices come together from Stanford and Scranton, and we learn about Martin Nash and his history with insider training, insider trading, mm-hmm. sorry. Mm-hmm. And so Kevin like gets 
panicked and has a long, seemingly long conversation with Martin and uh, realizes or appears to realize that he's been engaged in, in insider trading for like a long mm-hmm. time. Um, the other thing, uh, what is the other thing I was thinking about? Um, oh, so the, there's the Kalevin, which is like uh, with, when Dwight fires Kevin, it's because he is just a terrible accountant. Um, but what we see from Kevin is that from from the beginning, he's been using this number, the Kalevin, which is a number he invented to make the books look like, you know, to make them balance. Uh-huh. But the theory is that Kevin, like, is really smart, and he, but he just uses this adorable thing to okay. just embezzle from the company. So I he's been stealing I- for... I, yeah. I did Google, I did Google this real quick, and a line is mm-hmm. a mistake. A mistake plus eleven gets plus you home 11 by seven. Home by seven. <laughs> yeah. So so he uses this number to make it look like yeah he doesn't know what he's doing, but it's just like it's because he's bad at math. But really, he's just been stealing from the company for years uh, and has this adorable way to to cover it up. And then mm-hmm. we see him at the end of the series, and he's opened a bar, and he's got to so, have gotten like the money from somewhere, and he just he owns this bar now. Um, <clears throat> so I like the idea that he's playing a stupid character, and behind the okay. scenes, just like pulling the wool over everyone's eyes, stealing from the company. Yeah, interesting. I'll have to I'll have to find that Reddit that Reddit stream. Um, do you want to do honorable mentions before we do relationships? Yeah. Any other? Okay. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I had one, and I know this is this is a random one, but uh, Michael's nephew, um, <laughs> Luke, Luke Cooper, Cooper from from the nepotism episode. Just, yes. Like it's, I think it's just the single episode, but that episode is killer. Um, that character yeah. is so good. When Michael thanks him, he's, I don't know. Oh man, it's perfect. Go ahead. Um, yeah, that, he's just like such a terrible <laughs> teenager. Like yeah. My favorite well, movies are Citizen Kane and The Boondock Saints. <laughs> He's just like the biggest nerd, like such a loser who wants to be uh, cool. I also wanted to shout out Aaron, who didn't make out of the list. Great character. And uh, Ryan, who... Oh, yeah. It's it's fun knowing when you're rewatching it that he is the like the showrunner of the show. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, it's kind of fascinating. Uh he just gets so many good parts. Again, a person that we know, just that idea of oh, yeah. in, a, in a settled relationship and just doing business all the time is <laughs> is just so good. So, yeah, just a yeah. quick fact. Yeah, Ryan other? was on my list for a long time. I, you know mm-hmm. this. I was messing with my list a lot back and forth, mm-hmm. um, but I eventually took him off. <clears throat> um, honorable mentions that you did not mention uh, Jan Levinson. Yes, yes. Um, just so strong. Just complete psychopath. Uh, yeah. We, I know you and I have talked about the episode, The Dinner Party. It's the greatest. Um, just the greatest episode of all time, yeah. and she plays such yeah. a crucial role in that. Um, and then second one, last one, is Nate Nickerson. Mm. Um, so, again, one of these sort of deep tracks that people might not even know who I'm talking about. Um <laughs> But he is Dwight's assistant towards the end, who like works in the warehouse a bit yeah. and just like does random stuff for Dwight. Um, he, oh man, just like what a great character he's he's like Creed. Like every every yeah. line from him is just fire. Um, his relationship with Daryl, oh man, so funny. Um, but yeah, he's just he's fun to watch. 
awesome character. Just didn't get enough screen time to, to yeah. make the list. Yeah. Um, he's on um, Better Call Saul. Yeah. He's excellent mm-hmm. on that. If you get into Better Call Saul, he's so good on that. Um, yeah. Good. So then the other list we wanted to do was top five relationships. Uh, yeah. I have included romantic relationships. Um, and I have not. And, I, and you have not, which is the only difference. But my um, – so just to get to this, to keep, keep it moving, I'm going to do my number five, which is Angela and the Senator. Um <laughs> I loved that storyline. I don't know. If, I don't know if it was a season or a half season. Part when you don't, when you're just streaming it and picking, picking and choosing them out. But man, the just that. And I, I'm gonna. I'll call back to what you said. How she has these rules that applied only to other people, and just the blindness, obviously, of the senators. Uh, because the senators really doing the same thing. Like she, he's he's right. Angela for a public face. Um, it obviously fits right into the continued Angela Dwight, uh, yeah, you know, dra- yeah, drama. Uh, so funny, and then really the final justice for Oscar over Angela. You know, like mm-hmm. from that point on, he has her in my, you know, compromised, and and <laughs> yeah. it's just it's just a great win uh, for Oscar. Um, and mm-hmm. I, I get a big get a big kick out of that. What was your number five? Uh, my number five uh, was Kevin and Oscar. Mm. So we've talked about that trio, um, and spoiler alert, I'll talk about these two at the same time. My number four is Oscar and Angela. Okay. Um, so I mean, and my number, we, we my, number two, my number two, my number two is Kevin and Oscar too. So <laughs> okay. So that whole corner. Um, so we'll start with Kevin and Oscar. Um, I just, I think they just have one of the like purest friendships on the show. Yeah. Yep. Um, Oscar is so forgiving of Kevin. Um, he, you know, is clearly always looking out for him just in an accounting sense. Um, but he, like, will take Kevin's side when Kevin and Angela are fighting. Um, Kevin, <clears throat> when, like, it comes out that Oscar is gay, like, he's, honestly, he handles it better than most people in the office. Like, he has the... The talking head where he's just laughing, which I'm sure that you love. <laughs> um, but he just, you know, he just keeps on being his friend when Oscar gets back from his, uh, like, yeah. paid leave. Uh, Kevin's first line is, how was your gaycation? <laughs> and, like, you know, if someone else had delivered that line, it might have come across the wrong way. But Oscar just, like, gives him a high five. And then, like, oh, man, you've been, like, waiting for the, waiting forever for that one or whatever he says. Yeah. Um, but I just like they can say anything to each other, and they're just like just friends. So good, yeah, so good. Um, yeah, I, I love the the uh, there's a there's a purity to their alliance. Like their friendship will not be mm-hmm. broken. They are yeah. out for out for each other. They're you know they're sure everyone leaves on time uh, <laughs> from work, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, uh, and just yeah, united in I mean united in a conflict against Angela. Um, yeah. You know, but the but yeah, perfect. Uh, Oh, so yeah, I love the uh, love the Kevin and Oscar alliance. My my number four I already mentioned is the Phyllis and Bob Vance marriage, um, which I already discussed. <laughs> but again, back to the like small town royalty feeling, yeah. um, and just you know how they're how Bob shows up at every party. It reminds me also of the uh, 
what do they call the meeting of the business owners at the Scranton Business Park? The five families. Um, the five families and Bob Pence is there. Who does the who does the narration to that? It's it's Dwight, Kevin. right? I think it's, is it Kevin? Oh, okay, That's Kevin. Yeah. Because oh, yeah. Kevin Kill and Andy need to go meet with them to get their parking spaces back. <laughs> and Bob Pence is Bob Pence is this killer. So. So yeah, that's that's my number four. Is uh, I already mentioned Phyllis and Bob Vance marriage. What's your number four? Oh, you already said uh, yeah. So Oscar and Angela, um, like they have, they're just battling all nine seasons. But then at the mm-hmm. end, like Oscar puts her up, um, takes care of uh, Philip like when needed. Um, so he's just like, I love that their relationship ends in kind of an alliance when they're both mm-hmm. like betrayed by the senator in their own different ways. Um, <laughs> And like she tries to have him killed, and then <laughs> like, a few episodes later, he's like putting her up in his apartment. It's, yeah, uh, just what a roller coaster. Yeah. Uh, my number three is Kelly and Daryl's romance. Uh, I think it was, it was early. It's so short-lived. Uh, it's so short-lived, but to me, it's so funny. Uh, the the yeah. the obvious, just just how both of them are using it using each other basically uh is just so beautiful um we don't talk enough about kelly's almost too simple i think actually as a knock like she doesn't have a complexity uh which i wish she did get in this show but um uh but man when when, yeah that that on again off and ryan and using daryl at that time and daryl not minding is just and he handles her so well too. yeah like doesn't yeah just, just Even plays to the game. Your uncrazy side. Like, why has Why has no one said that to Kelly before? Like, that's all you need to say to her. Yeah, so I love that. Yeah, I love those episodes. Um, and then my number, my number two was Kevin and Oscar, which we already said. Right. So what's your uh, three and two? Uh, my three is Pam and Dwight. Mm, um, yep. I just love like Dwight has this hard exterior that kind of. You see it reduced and reduced every season, um, but almost from the beginning, he's pretty soft with Pam. Mm-hmm. Um, you get you get a sense of how he feels for her uh, when he has a concussion and his guard comes down, um, and he's just like super nice to her, really helpful. Um, and then she kind of says goodbye to him, which is like adorable. She's like, things yeah. will be different when you're better. Um, but then, you know, by the end, they are just legitimately friends. And by the by, season nine, Dwight considers Pam his best friend, which I just think is so great. Yeah, yeah. Um, Pam makes a makes a feature for me later. What was your number two? Uh, two was Aaron and Michael. Oh um, yeah. I just I love how Aaron is so ride or die for Michael. Yeah. Um, there's no like putting up with Michael from her perspective. I think like yeah. she just no. she just thinks he's this incredible guy. Yeah. Um, she's like really excited to celebrate Boss's Day with him. Um, <laughs> like the father daughter dynamic when he recognizes yeah. that like she sees him as a father figure. Right. Um, it's just like great to watch him actually handle that really well. Yeah. Um, yeah. They just have an adorable adorable relationship. And uh, when what's her name is coming back. Uh, not oh gosh, his girlfriend that he ends up with, uh, Holly. Man, Holly. Holly's coming back. And she hates and, Holly. <laughs> and she hates Holly, which is funny. But also the sad, the happy box, the, the bad box scene when <laughs> yes. when Aaron asks which side does or uh, oh, which side does the scotch go in? That was funny. Yeah, uh, yeah. both sad. <laughs> um, so 
well, mine's, so my number one is similar, which is the Michael and Pam friendship. So it starts obviously with the same kind of, you know, same mm. uh, with Pam is at, when Pam is at front desk. Yeah. But um, she she just cares for him in such a way yeah. that is so yeah. adoring, and and he also you know just loves her, you know, just really unconditionally. I think, and like, yeah. there's nothing better than the scene early. Uh, I don't know, it must be season two or something. When he shows up to the to the art uh, oh, gallery man. and he's the only one who yeah. shows up, it's so touching and just uh, his, yeah, yeah, his connection with Pam and her handling of him. Yeah, it, she's the ultimate in just being kind of his handler, um, and, <laughs> yeah. you know, and speaking, you know, speaking his yeah. language to him basically. Uh, but yeah, I just really find that uh, very very warming that whole relationship. So that was my. That's my number one. What's yeah. your number one? Um, my number one, I'm only bit of goody, uh, Jim and Dwight. Yeah. I just think that, you know, yeah. all all the way through every episode, every everything about their relationship is just so much fun to watch. Their rivalry, mm-hmm. their legitimate mm-hmm. friendship mm-hmm. by the end. Um, great sort of roller coaster. Um, uh, just, just so much fun. Yeah. Yeah, so good. Um I love when they when they do work together. Uh there's the scene when they're pitching the company and Dwight calls yes. the, just simultaneously Dwight calls the the service yeah. the customer service line. Yeah, and Jim and Jim starts pitching and it's so just fantastic. And yeah, they they are they do watch out for each other. Um they're they're kind of the point they are like clearly the point of the show, those two, after right. Michael leaves. Um and uh and yeah and yeah nothing yeah nothing yeah the, the understanding i mean well uh, yeah that's like that's the, the funniest thing of all is jim's you know jim pranking uh dwight through the whole thing is yeah. obviously the best so um, um do you remember what their uh dynamic duo code names were no when they were sales brothers back in the day so they no. were handsome and stinky paper brothers for hire <laughs> <laughs> like the argument over which one of them is stinky, like it's just like such adorable humor. Yeah, that's a good one. So, um, so that's it. That's the office ranked. Let's go back just as a review. Can you do your top five character? Your top five minor characters. Yes. Uh, so from five to one, Clark Green, Andy Bernard, Daryl Philbin, Angela Martin, and Gabe Susan Lewis. <laughs> uh, my five to one is Phyllis. Toby, Daryl, Creed, and Kevin. Fantastic. So Daryl was the only one we shared, actually. And, uh, yeah. Um, and both in number three. I, I guess I would have expected more. I, I, I also I wrote down Prison Mike. I, w- I wish I could have ranked. That would be. <laughs> you should. You should do. You really could do a list of like five obscure characters where, uh, where Michael Michael's nephew belongs on that one too. But Prison Mike would be my number one for that. Yeah. Um, and, and what's all the, of what's Michael's. Like, uh, characters. So, yeah. <laughs> um, cool. That was fun. Yeah, I actually, I, I, I didn't mention this off the top, and I will do it in my own introduction. But for this episode, we're gonna do a, uh, we're gonna, I'm gonna do like a voicemails episode, so we'll get people's feedback, kind of a, okay, cool. record, record their disagreements and send it in, and I'll keep it together. That's fun. So looking, looking forward to doing that. So hopefully, uh, people find things to agree or disagree yeah. with in that. Uh, so yeah, let's yeah. move on to the other sections. Uh, what are you eating lately? 
Okay, so um, I'm going to give a shout out to Paul Davis on this one. Paul, mm-hmm. a while back, worked at this excellent sandwich restaurant uh, called Capola's in Richmond. Okay. Um, and so he became quite a sandwich expert. Uh, mm-hmm. One simple, delicious sandwich that you can make in your home I'm really uh, is what I'll this. call the it's called the luxury grilled cheese. That's what I'm going to okay. call it. All right. Um, so. Uh, very simple. Uh, for this grilled cheese, you're going to pick an inner cheese and an outer cheese. Um, so you're going to have, uh, so for what I did most recently, um, was on the inside of this grilled cheese sandwich, I had, uh, mm-hmm. some herbed goat cheese and some buta queso, which is, uh, like butter cheese, okay. which is like just kind of a, a mild soft cheese. Um, so have those in the middle, just like, you know, your standard grilled cheese. Um, but when you're making it, here's what, here's the process. So you butter the pan, going to go low heat, lots of butter. Then you're going to put a slice of cheese for this. I'm going to recommend Munster, uh-huh. lay down a slice of Munster right on the butter, then put your sandwich right on top of it. Then you're going to add another slice of Munster on top. Then you're going to cover it up, low heat, okay. um, and okay. just let that cheese on the bottom mm. melt and resorb into the bread. Interesting. Um, so you know you've gone long enough when it's no longer sticking to the pan. It's not melty. Okay. It's all just infused itself into the bread. Oh, man. You flip oh, it man. over, re-butter the pan. Um, more oh, you know, perfect. That, more and more yeah. butter, take that slice of cheese that was on top, it goes under, get that piece of cheese resorbed into the bread. So wow. I, like when I when Paul told me about this and made it for me, I didn't really think it was going to work. I thought I would just have a really messy pan. Um, but after a few yeah. minutes, the cheese is just all off the pan into the bread, and it's crispy, and it's just incredible. Okay. I'm left with a lot of questions here. Um, yeah, the, of The handhold... Like, were you able to hold it as you would a grilled cheese, or did you oh, yeah. a napkin? So, okay. yeah, it gets really nice and crispy. I mean, yeah, you're going to okay. get a little oily, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but that's with any problem. that's that's cheese, an everyday thing. You should just have some oily fingers. <laughs> exactly. Uh, um, yeah, so it's not sticky or anything. Um, it's not any messier than than I would say an average okay. grilled cheese. Yeah, sandwich. I'm I'm very intrigued. I'm very intrigued in the cheese combinations that you have available now that we're talking two different mm-hmm. cheeses. And then also, yeah. I would look like I actually have pickled jalapenos that I that I made in my in my mm. fridge, and mm-hmm. like that would be like something pickly, like pickled onion, on that yeah. would be unreal, just because that sounds very just heavy. But cut I'm, the fat a little bit. Yeah, I am I am very intrigued. Um, mine is a cinnamon tea, so I've been kind of looking for a tea at nighttime because Jeff will have a cup of tea most evenings. So right, I have like right. pe- peppermint or ginger, which I enjoy, but really I'm enjoying my my new, the new one, which is cinnamon tea. I get it at I found there's a couple different brands at at uh, at Whole Foods. There's annoyingly none at Trader Joe's, which is where I go every other, <laughs> yeah. every other day. But um, uh, there's a really great. So this is herbal uh, tea, right? It's there's an herbal, no yeah. Actual tea in here. No actual tea, not a brown tea. That's the thing. It's a it's a nighttime. Right. Uh, it's a nighttime tea. Um, Really, really enjoying it. Uh, it's uh, you know much more of a uh, you know smelling uh, calming experience. Um, I tell myself it's good for my joints, uh, which I don't actually have problems with. But I guess I, I guess I just think it's healthy. So, <laughs> but yeah. uh, 
But yeah, so you know what else is in the bag other than cinnamon? Like, are there other spices? Or well, nope, it's three cinnamon herbs or so, anything. No, three cinnamon. Okay. So I really, I could. I'm wondering, and I should maybe try is just maybe find cinnamon sticks and just try that. Do a hot water with a cinnamon stick, but. I wonder if that would be cheaper or more expensive, honestly. <laughs> That's a good question. The tea, infu- cheap. The, the tea infuses really well, I imagine, because it's broken down more. Like, I think it's cinnamon sticks. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. So I got, I've, I've got areas to explore. Yeah, I'm going to try that out. So, um, Parent Corner, we, we kind of put, we put this, we put this episode on hold. Uh, we sure did. For, uh, for, did. My, we did for Milo, <laughs> uh, for Milo to appear. We've been we've been circling doing this for about four months now. Yeah. Um. So how's that going? Oh man, it's so much fun. Um. Mm-hmm. So Milo will be seven weeks old on Wednesday. He was born mm-hmm. February sixth, um, which was a couple weeks early. Um. A couple of funny things, like just being a parent. Um. Yep. Well, I guess about having. Yeah, whatever. Um, babies, <laughs> baby farts are so oh, yeah. freaking funny. Like, mm-hmm. I always just figured they'd be like, you know, nothing silent or not, I don't know, not fart. Who knows? Right, right. But right. he, like, farts louder than I do. It's yeah. amazing. That is funny. Um, so that is just, like, what a shocker and what a wonderful surprise. <laughs> um, but he's, uh, you know, he started smiling. He's, like can be awake and happy at the same time. Um, just, uh, yeah. What, what yeah. fun to have a little kid just hanging off you all the time. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, it's amazing. I, I still, I'm going to never forget those first couple months and we had him over the summer. So we were like outside all the time and, um, or we had Pippa uh, over the summer, not a him. And, uh, and, uh, yeah, really, really, really enjoyed it. Uh, so fun now though. So, so my, my parent corner is, um, Pippa has taken up singing, which is wonderful. So we we at church like I'll hold her and I'm holding the hymn book and we're singing along and she'll just do this uh-huh. single tone. She'll be like, uh. <laughs> I love, like I love that she feels like she's part. She's been clapping for a while and I've always yeah. kind of been I'm, I'm trying to encourage dancing. So we play music for her and she'll dance uh, and uh, which is which is the best. So. But yeah, now adding adding the singing is uh, really good. Uh, Jess actually was telling me I, I missed it and she didn't get a video. But the other day, so there's a um, there's a really really good uh, Ben Fold song called "Not the Same," and mm-hmm. it's actually about uh, mission workers coming back from mission work and kind of the disillusionment that happens, which okay. maybe we maybe we both can experience. And um, yeah, but the chorus in that in that song is this choral sound that goes. Uh, and and she was she did that over and over and then, and then Pippa did it three times and she was like so proud so she was like she, she sang Ben Fold <laughs> like, wonderful so yeah hopefully hopefully she uh, she keeps that up and my whole goal and I don't know I need to like read a book is how to to teach like a lack of of self awareness, that's what I want. I want I want, oh to, just, I want to, to just have 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 a pure confidence to to just think. I think you gotta life. calibrate that a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I want confidence is great. A complete lack of self awareness. Self awareness maybe okay. I, I gotta I gotta I gotta figure it out, but I just hope she always sings yeah. and never has any shame about yeah. that. Uh, yeah, that that's a good goal. Yeah. Uh, all right, last or two more things. Hot sports take. Do you have a hot sports take for us? 
Yeah, of course. Perfect. Um, so, uh, sports take for those of you who don't know me well, um, the only sport that I really follow is hockey, um, specifically the NHL. Um, and I'm a big Caps fan, have been my whole life. Um, so this is going to come across as bias, but I've got some numbers to to back me up here. Good. Um, the Caps, the Caps will be going back to back and winning another cup this year, uh, which is a hot take for lots of reasons, but particularly I know because the Tampa Bay Lightning just look completely unstoppable this year. Mm. Um, so we, for whatever reason, our season has been like uh, bookend, not bookended, but just ended with Tampa Bay Lightning games. So we hadn't played them until about two weeks ago. Okay. Um, and they have, they have now beat us two times. Uh, the first time was a was a one goal game that turned into a three goal game with a couple of empty netter goals, but we'll call that Ooh. a one goal game. Okay. Go ahead. No, no, just reacting. Okay. Go for it. <laughs> yeah. And then the second game was an overtime loss. Um, but uh, some some points on the numbers of those two games. Um, so total uh, shots on goal. Between the two games were 92 in favor of the Caps to 63 for the Lightning. Um, The first game was very even, and then the second game we took 58 shots to their 28. Oh, wow. Um, So if that trend continues, you you can't win a seven-game series getting outshot three to two. Right. Um, We just had some – we hit some bad posts. Uh, Vasilevsky, their goalie, was just crazy that night. Um, Right, right. But that just doesn't happen. Fifty-eight shots to twenty-eight, and and losing in overtime. Um, hits. We are a much heavier hitting team. So uh, the second game again, we doubled their hits, thirty-four to seventeen, um, and that's just going to wear them out over a seven-game series, which I do think we'll have um, right. in the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, and then finally, in the in the most recent game, they three of their goals. Uh, which there were four of them in regular time were power play goals. So we just need to clean up our game um, and keep everything else, you know, don't take stupid penalties, but keep shooting and hitting like we are. And there's no way they're going to last seven games games. at their, at their pace. Interesting. The, um, so you have six games left. So that means like two weeks until the playoffs, something like that. Are we? Yeah. Um, the playoffs start uh, around the end of the first week of April, if memory serves, second week of April, something like that. Okay. Um, as it stands now, I'm looking at the standings, and I love looking at standings. Your yeah, first, absolutely. you would get Boston. You're on Boston's side of the bracket. So you would have, it'd be Pittsburgh. So you, what, Capitals, um, so you're Pittsburgh. Thinking you, might, you might be looking at the Eastern, Eastern Conference rather than the two divisions. So we're not we're not in Boston's division. We're, so we're in their conference, but not their division. But are the playoffs in the division or in the, the playoffs are in the conference, right? So it's well, so it's West. it's a little it's a little bit weird. Um, so the 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 leader of the Eastern Conference, which will be the Tampa Bay Lightning, um, uh-huh. they will play the second wild card, and then uh, the the other conference leader, so that'll be the Metro leader, will play the first wild card. And, that's you guys and then, likely. and then the two, the two and three in each division. So the Atlantic second and third, and the Metro second and third will play each other. Oh, that is weird. Okay, I switched, I switched over to yeah. that view. Okay, so that yeah. means you will play Montreal first. 
Uh, Tampa Bay at this moment would be playing Montreal. Montreal, and you'll play Carolina. And then we'd play Carolina if nothing and changes. Then you, and then you'd play the winner of the metro, of the other metropol, metropolitan game, or the winner of the Atlantic. Yeah, game? so we would play either New York or Pittsburgh in the second round. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. And then conceivably Tampa Bay in the third. In the uh, third. Wow, that is confusing. Yeah. They should not. They should not do it that way. It is really weird. That's my um, hot take. <laughs> yeah, that, that's not even a hot take. That is well, well, uh, well known by NHL fans that the, the playoffs are not uh, constructed in a very reasonable way. I mean, you know, the fact remains: you got to be able to beat anybody. So, right, yeah, you know, yeah. You, you keep playing, you keep playing. Yeah, three rounds of a seven-game series is like you're gonna the best team will win. That's what happens in the NBA. Yeah. You, you don't get because it's the same. I don't know if you know this. I don't know if you know this, but it's the the Gary Bettman, the commissioner of the NHL, worked for the NBA for ten years, and they have the same they have some they share some of the same leadership. They share a lot of the same stadiums, and yeah. so some some yeah. of the organization is exactly the same. And I think yeah, three seven game rounds, the best team's going to win, and that's happened right like with very little exception in the NBA. Um, basketball related. I filled out my bracket for March Madness and have done better Ooh, than how many points do you have? Usual. Uh, I can pull it up for you, but uh, this was this was fascinating. I heard this stat over the weekend. This is the first time I'm going to get it wrong. The first time in a, in a long time, or maybe ever, <laughs> I'll make that up. Is uh, is uh, the top three seeds in each division moved on to the uh, round of 16 or the Sweet 16? So basically, there was no major upsets of any of the top three right. teams, um, and it's even worse than that in uh, in two of the divisions, which is the or two of the uh, area uh, regions, the east and the west. Mm-hmm. It was the top four seeds. So anyone, yeah. and, and then you can have Midwest you can have an option. One, two, three, five. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you can have an option. You can go on Yahoo and click chalk, and it'll it'll put every like best winner or you know every best seed all the way up. And um, anyone who did that was is leading your pool. So it's annoying that you know real people, people who actually make people who actually like make uh, make you know more bold picks are not doing as well. So I'm I have 34 correct picks out of 48. I'm ninth in both of my little groups I'm in. But I'm annoyed because the people who are over me all pick Chuck. So it's frustrating. But I have my 34 proudest, picks correct. Is that what you said? 34? Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, we're tied. High five. Uh, the uh, <laughs> my my proudest moment was I picked both the Oregon and UCI upsets. So and then Ooh. they played each other, and I picked that correct too. So I had my path for Oregon, and I'm, and I'm biased to pack 12 schools for really no good reason. But Oregon, uh, uh, so I have that little section good. The South, I crushed the South basically. So very we'll good. See. It's always fun. And this this year is like, man, and it gets more and more of a joke. But like, actually, in reference to the office, when because we talked about it at the top of the show, when this was one of the shows that like Luke and I would watch together. Also, in that same time of life, when we were kids and had more time, I would watch so much more college basketball. And that's really like, so that what is that? Twelve or thirteen years ago was like the last time I watched more than maybe one college basketball game. But still, yeah. I fell out of bracket. I think it's pretty funny. You know, it's fun. Like everybody in your office is pretty much guaranteed to have a bracket. Um, yeah. It's just like it's a very accessible sports moment. Like. Yeah. I don't know. So no matter who you are, I think it's kind of fun just to fill one out and see what happens. Yeah. Who would you pick as your national champion then? Uh, Virginia. Yeah, me too. 
Well, there we go. Oh, man. We might have the yeah. same bracket. We should check it out. No, let's go pick right there. Probably, yeah. Let's pick 64 for 64. Let's start in the east, and we'll compare. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, thanks, again. Thanks, Colton. This has been great. What, uh, real quick before you go, is there anything you want to plug? Yes. Um, I have decided to plug a good friend of mine's uh, Etsy page, April Sage. Okay. Um, so this this Christmas we uh, commissioned her to do a house portrait. So she does custom house portraits. Um, so we did one of uh, Emily's grandmother grandparents' house uh, that we commissioned for her mom for Christmas. And beautiful work. Uh, we've also done a, a dog portrait for my mom. Um, but she'll do houses, dogs, and probably anything else. Um, but aprilsage.etsy.com, wow. and her work is just phenomenal. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, really cool. I actually haven't I, – I, I've never seen her shop before, but I pulled that up. That's awesome. Um, I'm going to plug our uh, movie, Part of the Family. You can find it on YouTube by searching Part of the Family Christadelphians or Christadelphian. It was a uh, uh, big project uh, for me and some friends. It took us two years. It is on YouTube and for you to enjoy, so please go on and watch it. Uh, so, yeah, that's it. Thanks uh, thanks so much, Colton. And uh, like awesome. I said, keep your eyes open for the – or your ears, I guess, in this medium <laughs> for the uh, for the voicemails episode, and you can hear people be wrong about our opinions on The Office. Thanks so much for, yeah. uh, for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was fun. Have a good one. Bye.